What is up, everybody? It's Jacob, host of the Sports Card Second Podcast. You guys are about to enter 10 to 40 minutes of awesome 13-year-old-led sports card fun. We're going to be having some guests. We're going to be doing live rips. We're going to be doing giveaways. We're going to be doing all tons of stuff. We've got our, we've got news. We've got just fun. It's just one topic shows usually that bring you 10 to 40 minutes of the most fun you can have in that time frame. Listen in. Here we go. Keep collecting. Let's get into the episode. What is up, guys? Welcome to episode 31 of the Sports Card Second Podcast. Today, I'm going to be keeping the intro short because we have an interview with Dr. Chad from Pack to the Future. He's coming back on a solo episode this time. We're going to be talking PCs, um, personal collections. Um, we're going to talk player collecting, team collecting, set building, all all the different ways. Well, like I mentioned in the interview, there's trillions, quintillions of ways to PC. But um, this is sort of the basic foundation for your PC. You guys can make sure you guys stay tuned, listen in, because uh, me and Chad, we have a lot of fun. We... Uh, and this is there's some great tips i learned a lot um and uh yeah we we had some we had a really a lot of fun so make sure you guys listen in commence interview sequence dr chad episode 31 here we go what is up guys welcome to the newest episode of the sports card second podcast i'm here with a returning guest the second time in about a couple months i think um and today we're going to be talking PCs, aka personal collections, with Chad from Pack to the Future. How are you doing, Chad? I am great, and thanks for having me back on the show. I am definitely honored. Yeah, it's um, I had to think of a guest. Come on, I was like, Chad has a great PC. Let's invite him on. So um, so really, this is sort of uh something that a lot of people try and do honestly i've been trying to do this for a while but how do you how did you really like find your pc guys that is a very good question so i guess when it comes to the pc you led me right into it we didn't even talk about this before the show i think the first goal is to find a player and i think there's two parts to this i think that you find a player and then you got to kind of prioritize what type of cards you want from that player but starting with the player itself Donovan Mitchell has been my guy, and I've talked about that at length on our show, Pack to the Future podcast. But just in general, a couple of thoughts of how to select a player. There are different ways to go about it. Number one, obviously, would be if you looked at someone from your favorite team. Say that you particularly follow a favorite team. That's kind of the easy go-to, right? Yep. Um, But there's other ways to look at this as well. If there are prospects from your favorite team, Or if you decide, hey, you know, I I see an up-and-comer, maybe he or she came from a school that either that I went to for us older guys out there or for a school that's nearby, you know, a college or university that that you want to see. That's something else you could kind of angle at as well. But if prospects aren't your thing, maybe you look at a legend and say, hey, this is a person that I've had posters of growing up or I enjoy playing on, you know, PlayStation or wherever it may be, or when you're out in the driveway shooting hoops, at least when I was a kid, you know, you go out there and you pretend to be, you know, John Stockton or Carl Malone because of my Utah bias or whoever it may be. Um, 
so legends can kind of do it as well. We have a couple of people that we interact with on social media that um, were that are from European countries. And, you know, maybe it's a particular country like Rudy Gobert with the jazz and people from France with him who really enjoy collecting him. Um, and you get the same thing with Luca and in countries where people follow him as well. So there's all sorts of ways that that people can be drawn into that. Yeah, see, yeah, that um, I was like nodding my head like the whole time. I was like, yep, yep, yep. Another great point there. Um, yeah, I was, the international is something I didn't want to mention. Like people just go nuts over those guys. Like even even if they're playing in the states, like Otani and Ichiro, like those Japanese people, they love those guys. Like European people love Luca and Dirk and all them. Um, right. But, um, and and you could see why, right? I mean, yeah. the NBA has to be maybe only second to soccer, but one of the most popular leagues in the entire world. Yeah. And when you don't have many European players coming over and you get someone who's a superstar, you can immediately see how they would blow up. Exactly, because, yeah, yeah, I was about to say, like, there's really these European, like, superstars that come across, like, Honestly, since the late 90s, um, I mean, we've had really a golden age of European players, but really until the late 90s, there wasn't really that many great European players. Because um, then, I mean, after that, we got like Parker, Manu, and then we're all the way up to Luca, who's going to win like MVP, multiple MVPs. So, I mean, yeah, that that's certainly the thought. And so lots of ways to drive it. Now, you told me at one point that Amir Garrett was your guy. Is that still the case? Um, Yes. So um, I selected Amir Garrett. Honestly, this was this is kind of a crazy backstory. I don't, actually, I don't think I've told this on the show, so I'm going to. So I think this was a lot. This was like maybe 2016, late, uh, early 2017, because I know Amir Garrett was a 2017 call-up. So um, my grandma had just gone to a random Louisville Bats game um, with my uncle, and she had gotten this Amir Garrett bobblehead while he was still down in um, AAA. And I don't know. I just feel like I selected him because of that, but I really just don't know how. I just try and collect as much Amir Garrett memorabilia as I can and cards and all that. It's kind of fun. I mean, Amir Garrett is a guy you can super collect because there's really not that many one-of-ones you have to chase down. And, like, he doesn't really be extremely rare inserts like RPAs. And, like, um, he does have the Topps Chrome Auto, which um, it's easy to track. But, um, really, his cards aren't worth that much. He's just a relief pitcher for the Reds. But he's just fun to have. Like, like I was about to go over your uh, Broncos picks, just like a guy that's cheap, easy to find, but fun to grab. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And just to finish up on Amir Garrett, you know, for you, you had that connection with your grandma and the bobblehead. And and it's okay. And I think for some people out there, and you and I were talking about this before the show, that Tim, um, my buddy, um, he sometimes has a hard time trying to find out who to collect. and And that's okay. You know, mm-hmm. everyone has different reasons why they PC someone and there isn't a right answer and, and that's completely okay. But yeah, to follow up on Broncos, as you mentioned, there's a couple of guys that I jumped into and this will lead perfectly into the second point that I want to make about PC cards. And Drew Locke was one of them. 
Um, it's been a little bit more difficult for me to jump on the Drew Lock bandwagon now that he <laughs> is holding a clipboard. You know, that, that makes it more tough. Yep. But also Jerry Judy. And the Jerry Judy, I don't really know how that happened, to be honest with you, Jake, because I, I went to the University of Utah. And with our football program, one of the biggest wins that we have in our school's history is over Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. And so I've always, uh, I've never been a big Alabama fan just because they're in the SEC and they kind of dominate. And so we've always been a little bit jealous. And Jerry Judy came from Alabama. So I don't have that link there. Um, now, for me with Jerry Judy, I guess to answer your question, and quit beating around the bush here is he was an up and coming player, a hot prospect on my favorite team whose card prices were relatively cheap at the time I started buying him. And also he was getting a lot of buzz in the preseason, kind of a prospect to be a breakout player, I guess is more of what he would be. And so it was that perfect combination of all of those things for me that got me to jump on and just go on a bender and buy all of his cards. <laughs> And see, uh, his cards might have just uh, uh, been cut in half on pricing because he went on the IR after week one. But <laughs> Yes, he did. It, it was actually pretty funny. I was watching the Broncos game with my parents. They live nearby, and they came over and watched the game with me. And I hadn't really told them about how much money I'd put into Jerry Judy. Um, but when he went down, like there was a very awkward silence from me. And my parents picked up on it. They're like, oh, like. I know that that's a bummer, but you seem to be invested in Jerry Judy. And I was like, more than you know. <laughs> so yeah, that, that was not a good week one for Jerry Judy. Yeah. Um, like you were saying, it really does take a long, long time to connect with a guy. Like I've, I'm all over the place. Like, I mean, I, I have talked about team collecting the Reds a lot. I collect Amir Garrett and I just like, it just takes a while really to um, find your guy. Like, you got to be able to connect with the player. You got to, it's just something where you just, like, I know a ton of people that just have random PCs. Like, my cousin collects, like, Dansby Swanson. Like, it's just a guy you connect with. Like, it doesn't, it really doesn't matter who you collect as long as it's a guy you collect with. You could be a Michael Jordan collector among the millions, or you could be an Amir Garrett collector among the tens. Like, yeah, it's just really who you connect with. It's, it doesn't really matter from a, like show off standpoint, like just somebody you can connect with and basically show off to yourself. <laughs> yeah, you're exactly right. And for baseball, for me, that was Corey Seager when he was kind of coming up, you know, his swing was so smooth that for whatever reason that really drew me in. And then with Donovan Mitchell, he's really been a great community guy, you know, in the yeah. city that I live in with donating his time and money and, and everything that he's done, especially early on in his career with underserved populations. And that was the nail in the coffin for me. I was like, okay, this guy I'm going to go chase. But you bring up another good point there. And that's deciding not only when you do have a player, but also the type of cards that you want. And in thinking about this, when you propose this topic to me, I think that this is a really key point that a lot of your listeners could do. And I would encourage people to make goals about what you want your card collection to look like. You know, for some people, it's having quantity and it's just having every card that you possibly can of the player. And for other people who don't want to have hordes of cards, but would rather have high quality cards or higher value cards, there's no right or wrong there. And determining what type of person you are, um, just be true to yourself on that. Um, some people love rare cards. Some people love inserts. Some people like to match color schemes. You know, if 
for whatever reason, Boston Celtics cards are coming to mind. You know, if you get a white, a white card with a little bit of green foil, like some of those flawless cards and you get that on a Celtics card, maybe that's what really pops for you. Other people it's patches or autographs or things like that. And, and there isn't a wrong answer. And that's what is so beautiful about this hobby is you can think about what you like. And I would encourage everyone, you know, kind of make some notes, think about what you like to do. And then from there, you can really start to build what you want to do with your personal collection. Yeah, that's definitely a great point. I mean, it, just hobby your way. Like there's, there's like literally, it's like, there's so many ways to fill out your hobby. It's like, oh, it, it's like filling out a bracket, like the different combinations you can do. Like there's like 24 quintillion different ways or something like, <laughs> yeah. it's really like that. Like you can, there's, no possible ending to ways. Like you would just never be able to find every way to hobby. You could like, you could go from collecting every single base rookie of a hall of famer PSA four or something all the way up to like the random like foil from like every year of a certain product. Like it's just, there's literally no way to describe all of the possible ways. Like it would just take, days to days to describe like you there's just no way you could do it it's that's why there's such a great variety of people um in the hobby that just like I'm a baseball fan of more than a basketball fan you're a more of a basketball and football fan than a baseball fan and you collect right. Donovan Mitchell I collect Reds Amir Garrett and stuff like that like that's just a difference right there but like think about all the different collectors like there's probably some like ben mcdonald collectors like you you you'd never know it's just right just crazy like you can just do whatever you want in the hobby basically do you have a particular style of card that you look for like so when you go hunt for cincinnati reds cards are there do you have anything in particular in mind like do you like rare things or do you like to collect team sets or how do you go about it um honestly when i'm trading well, if I trade with friends, it would normally just be whatever Reds cards they have, unless it's like just top base cards and all that. But okay. um, really if I'm buying cards, I like to try and chase down parallels and inserts a little that are worth a little bit more than just um, penny cards. I, I mean, and yeah. then of course, if I can get my hands on cheaper autos, like whatever, I can, just basically as long as it's not like a penny base card, I'll probably want it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you're more about acquiring and enjoying each of the type of cards that you get, yep. which, which is great. And that's how I was, you know, when I was a little bit younger and, you know, people can change in the hobby. That's how I used to be. And then just recently in the past year, I'm like, okay, I want to have some higher value cards. So I sold off a bunch of stuff and now I have far fewer cards than I did in the past, but, um, just changed the way that I went about it. And that it's, um, it's a very fun way to collect. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I have heard, yeah, you've mentioned stuff on the show, like you'll sell off a bunch of mid-range cards to grab a, to snipe off a, um, <laughs> uh, like a Mitchell RPA or Jerry right. Jones or whatever you can, I mean, like, I, I do agree with that, um, sort of, um, process though, sell off a bunch of cards and try and hunt down the higher end, like, sort of a card that, like, Okay, so this is actually a question for you. What would be a dream card for your PC player? So mine would be the 2017 Topps Chrome Amir Garrett one of one Super Fractor autograph. That would be Ooh. 
It's now the person that has it is listed on eBay, and that guy, the idiot who lists, it's like seven hundred. I'm like seven hundred for an Amir Garrett card. I mean, it is a one of one, but like right. I've seen all star one of ones less than that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your question's a good one. I don't know. And Ricky and Tim have asked me this question on on our show a little bit too. And I don't know that I have like the one chase card for Donovan. You know, always that comes to mind are the highest price cards, but that doesn't necessarily draw it for me. So like Donovan Mitchell's NTRPA would be nice. His contenders vertical, like rookie ticket. Oh, the just the rookie base. auto. That that's a, that would be a nice one. It would be. And I think that that one's a bit more obtainable for me in a more realistic price range. And I've had some eyed up on eBay when I saw you at the national, one of the booths I was checking out, the national had one and it was just outside of my price range. So I think for right now, a contenders rookie ticket autograph is probably going to hit that sweet spot for me. Yeah. I, especially in, okay. So Talking about contenders, I love contenders. One of my favorite sets. And 2017-18 is probably one of the greatest designs of contenders of all time. I love that design. Yeah. Um, this year, I did open one blaster box of contenders. I didn't really hit that much, but it doesn't matter. It's a it's a blaster. It's hit or miss. But, um, yeah, like the contenders autos, those are really like, as we've seen with like Tom Brady and all those guys, like, they really have been sort of the underrated, like, that card that just always sells consistently. People always want it. The Contenders Autos, that's where it's at. It really is. You know, some of those cards with Contenders can really... But they look good to me. Some of them are lower numbered. They can really pop depending on what type of autograph you get. So, So I think that one would be high up on my list. And hopefully... Maybe you and I talk again in about a year and we see if we both acquire both of those dream cards for us. So, yeah. so we'll have to see how that goes. Yeah, like I um talked about in a previous podcast, uh, the poll episode, um, where I pulled the Mike Trout uh, number to 25 autograph. Whew. Selling that off, honestly, I mean, Mike Trout, he's a great player, but he's not necessarily within my PC. It's a card I would be willing to sell. And that could possibly be something that I would end up uh, flipping off for the Amir Garrett 101. Ooh. You you might be the only man in the world to pull that off, <laughs> to go from Trout to Garrett. But, hey, that's all right. If that's what you love, that's what you do. <laughs> that is that is very true. Like I said, the tens that collect Amir Garrett. <laughs> uh, possibly the one who collects Amir Garrett. And I like go up to Mirgard. I'm like, will you sign my cards? He's like, you collect my cards? <laughs> <laughs> you make his mama happy. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, I remember signing these. I was like, yeah, I, I didn't think uh, anybody would collect these. I'm just, I, I'm a Mirgard. I have a 6.380 RA. <laughs> <laughs> now, okay, just talking about a Mirgard, I can't, I can't keep going off tangents like this, but, um, Amir Garrett was truly dominant last year. This year, though, he's uh, eh, been a little off on his game, but we'll see next year. I think he'll be better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's the fun part about it, right? Like, if you've yeah. got reasons why you like the player, then and you can stick it through with them, and that that's always fun, too, when they rebound. Yeah, so now I just want to talk about a couple of your favorite 
um, PC cards of Donovan Mitchell, Derek Jeter, Drew Locke, whatever you pulled out. Um, uh, I was going to talk about sort of each category, sort of like a high-end card or like, and then there's like parallels, autographs, base rookies, graded cards, kind of stuff like that. Um, so we can, I think we should start out. What is like, what, for an example, what would you say, like, would you be with um, your high-end Donovan Mitchell or your high-end PC cards be? What would they, what um, example, like, do you have any examples of? Yeah, like, yeah, I do. And the one that I pulled out for Donovan Mitchell isn't one that I've talked about a ton on my show because it's a little bit different, but it hits some of those qualities that I mentioned earlier. So the one that I pulled is a 20 and just like pulled out of my safe not pulled out of a pack because I think we all know that. Yeah. I I can never pull cards out of a pack. Um, I end up with guys like Amir Garrett. I'm totally kidding. (laughs) So let's see, what did I have here? A 2017 noir. It's a vintage art. So it's Donovan Mitchell's rookie year. The vintage art set is pretty rare. The cards are numbered to 25 with a gold border. The Donovan Mitchell photo. So it's just a photo of him. And in the background, it almost looks like a dim lit bridge. Um, Donovan Mitchell is going up for his iconic kind of hammer dunk. He's in black and white, but behind him, it says vintage art. And the art is in a gold refractor type print. Um, Then you've got the gold, you know, metal border around the card. And the rest of the card is black and white. And yeah, to me, it just pops. And for a number of reasons, number one, it's his rookie card. Number two, it's rare and numbered to 25. Number three, you know, a lot of people love Prism and that's great. I've never been a Prism fan. And just for me, that's what works. So it's something different. It's an insert, which I also like, I guess if you can call it that with Noir. And I've always enjoyed the way Noir looks. I love the black and white theme with a little bit of color to just really make it pop. And so it hits a lot of those check marks that I mentioned earlier. Yeah, I'm, I have seen um, for one of your cover art, um, I have seen the uh, vintage art, Donovan Mitchell. And I'm going to say that is a really nice, like really. I can't remember what that is, but I'll go back and um, put it in the show notes for you guys so you can see, or you can just look it up on eBay. I don't know if there's comps on it, but um yeah, that card is really nice. The vintage art just looked really good. Um, and like you were saying earlier about pulled, yeah, you definitely did not pull the uh, vintage art. <laughs> yeah, not a chance. <laughs> yeah, you're like like back in 2017, 18, when a flawless briefcase was $450. You know what? I'm just going to oh. open 2017, 18, a uh, flawless briefcase. Okay, this hit can save the box. I pulled a $50 worth of cards. Amir Garrett, what? <laughs> and so yeah that that's kind of one of my more fun odd donovan mitchell cards and then i didn't pull out a jerry judy but one that comes to mind let's think about this the one that i think i enjoy the most is the immaculate nike swoosh rpa one of one and again it's it's rare the, the Nike swoosh just looks awesome on the orange jersey. So it's a blue swoosh, orange jersey. It's got a picture of Jerry Judy in the orange jersey, which I just love for some reason as a Bronco fan. 
Um, the autographs in blue, so that kind of matches up the jersey as well. Then, of course, it's rare. Immaculate cards I really like with the glossy finish. The hard part about them is that they get scratched up a little bit, as you know. But mm-hmm. the that's my favorite Jerry Judy for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, like you said, it's definitely rare because you have the only one in the world, of course. Um, but of course, oh, I love the Nike swoosh cards. Those are like, if they're attainable, I'll consider them because like the Nike swoosh, they're probably the coolest out of all the possible like laundry tag type. Um, uh, memorabilia cards and just they just look so good on the card um i've seen some really nice nike swoosh cards and uh like you said that one of one of course i mean it's definitely rare right (laughs) that would definitely be a huge piece for any player of pc especially immaculate and nike swoosh so and i think for me the one-on-one like fills some sort of deep void with because always the running bit with my friends forever is that I couldn't pull a one-on-one. Um, it took me years and years and years of ripping packs to finally hit one and got to the point where people were kind of teasing me about it. And then I started conscious about it, like when I'm picking out my box, like, gosh, pick the right box or not. And so now I just try and gobble up all the one-on-ones I can get, I think, to compensate for my earlier years. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's probably some, uh, some stuff for a therapist mixed in there, but we'll, we'll leave that for another day. Yeah, like you mentioned, uh, it was definitely hard for you to pull one one because it was such a big moment that it yes. was forever immortalized in the intro for your show. Like, that's <laughs> how big of a moment it was. Chad pulled a one one and it's such a big moment that we have to put it on our intro for our show in almost, <laughs> in almost 100 episodes. We have to put it on. That, that is true. So just like a little aside from that is before we even started the podcast, we got to know our local card shop owner so well that during opening day of baseball, this must've been 2018, perhaps um, we had all saved up some boxes and she let us set up a table in the middle of the card shop. And we had baseball on the TV and we had ordered food. We had some popcorn there and we're just ripping packs and watching baseball. It was a ton of fun. We, I don't even know why we had the camera on, like why we were filming it. I think maybe to promote people to come down to our shop. And so we just happened to catch that on audio and video. So that, that was pretty fun. Maybe someday we'll post the video of that because Ricky, he almost chest bumps me like through the glass display case. (laughs) (laughs) I almost ended my, Ricky almost ended my life. Yeah. And he almost ended your life and that one of ones. (laughs) That's right. That's true. Um, but yeah, that, that is honestly a pretty good intro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We were lucky to capture that one for sure. Yeah. Um, like, like I was talking about earlier, that Mike Trout card, just, I have that one on video that might need to become my intro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It absolutely should. You know, it's all about, you know, the cards are great to have. They really are. And I love them and I'm staring at a display case on my wall with some of them, but as I go through them, you know, looking at them, it makes me think of a bit of the memory of how I acquired them, especially the ones that I did pull out of packs and having those memories, you know, whether the cards come and go, if you end up selling them or trading them, you'll always have the memory of how you pulled that card. And, you know, whether it was by yourself or at the card shop or with friends or with family, that's something that will always stick with you. And, you know, that is, is always priceless. 
Yeah, I was going to mention, especially to the kids that listen to the show, the memories are really just the most important thing. It's the most, it's honestly the most fun thing in the hobby. Even if you sold, like, if I end up selling that Mike Trout card, which I probably will eventually, but, like, it's just the memory of me pulling that card will forever be immortalized. It'll be on this podcast. It'll be the video. Like, it's just, the memories are just the best. Like, that's basically, like, why a lot of people do, like, are in the hobby, just for the memories. Like, going to the National for the first time, going on the main stage, um, especially, uh, definitely a memory that I will never forget in a good or bad way is having you guys on the show. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, those, I, I couldn't agree more. Those memories, they, they are priceless. Yeah, it's really just crazy. Um, so I did have one more question about a PC project you've been working on. Yeah. Um, this is something I just kind of wanted to follow up, but I listened to your show, and I heard you had been collecting some 2012 prison football cards. Um, yeah, yeah. Players, so why don't you go ahead and uh, talk a little bit on that? Yeah, sure thing. And this, so the prism from 2012 was something that the all the Bronco players to start with, are in their orange jerseys, which you don't always get that. And I, I keep talking about this on the show, but I love the way that it looks. I love the way that the silver prisms in that set pop. And for whatever reason for me, even though I earlier mentioned that I don't love basketball prism, for some reason it just pops. Yeah. And so I saw that those cards are nowhere near the same price as basketball prism, which are not quite affordable from 2012. <laughs> um, for me. So I did start picking some up. I do have a Peyton Manning silver. I've got the Champ Bailey, uh, Von Miller silver. And I think Von Miller silver is the first one that I picked up. Yep. I recently grabbed Demarius Thomas. Mm-hmm. So I have most of the Broncos from that year. And then I've also acquired a Ben Roethlisberger and an Aaron Rodgers as well. Oh, nice. Yeah. And so I'm, I've been pretty happy with it. I've got a couple others lined up um, just from various other sites to check out. And I think I'm going to keep pursuing those because I do like the look of them, but I also think that there's a little bit of investment strategy with that yeah. as well. Now I've notoriously been awful with investments, so do not follow my advice with that. But for me, yep. I, I like the way those look. Yeah, like you were saying, I the older Prism Silvers, they just did a better job. I was looking with my dad at some Travis Kelsey Prism rookies, like 2013 or 14 Prism. They yeah. just look so much better. Um, Honestly, the Kelsey Prism Silver rookie card is one of my favorite cards I've ever seen. It looked like he the picture makes him look so intimidating, and the silver just makes the card absolutely pop in the – and especially also the population report on those are extremely low and right. they're just so cheap. They're worth nothing. Like you can get them for like under $300 of the main stars. Like they're just so cheap and it's easy, easy buy. It, it's really nice. And maybe a project going forward, because I honestly don't know the answer to this. If the silver prism, if the color was designed differently, or if it really is a different color from the newer prisms. I swear it is to my eye, but I also know that I'm biased against more recent prisms for whatever the reason is. I don't know why I don't like them. No, it definitely is. I def- I extremely agree with you. They've just I get, I just think they've probably gone downhill because of the the people want more quantity and they're losing quality. So I think you're right. I think you're exactly right. Yeah, but I love the old prism silvers like 
I I should just go buy some like frog, like just they're so nice. They're literally like the best. Like I feel like up until like 2015, 2016 Prism, um, they were really really good looking cards. And um, like you were mentioning Peyton Manning, um, this is something uh, this is something Yola really like. But Super Bowl Fifty is really the first Super Bowl I can like definitely remember watching like. And I was definitely cheering for the Broncos. I really like Peyton Manning. I still think he's one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. And um, that was really one of the first Super Bowls I can remember watching. Nice. And um, the Broncos pulled it out, which Peyton Manning, his last Super Bowl, last game. That's right. That's yep. exactly right. You know, it's funny. I was outside mowing my lawn the other day, and I saw stuck to the side of my house is some silly string. Uh, Ricky was over at my house watching that game. And afterwards we went outside in, in the backyard and we're spraying each other. My wife told me I couldn't spray champagne inside the house. So, so we went outside and we're spraying champagne and silly string and that stuff still stuck to the side of my house. I can't get it off. <laughs> I thought that stuff was supposed to go away. <laughs> so did I. That's what she said as well, but <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Um, so yeah. Um, like I did, the PC like is the honestly probably the most important uh thing in the hobby because you're always gonna have the memories. You're always gonna know when you got that, how you got that. Um, especially here's the story. Um, I would like you to tell is the uh the guy that seemed shady uh <laughs> with the Donovan Mitchell is it like a gold select <laughs> parallel or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you want me to tell the story of how I got it? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So this, there was a, as you mentioned, 2017. So it was Ricky year select phenomenon, which is an insert. It was a gold parallel. So number to 10 and it was BGS, I think rated nine. It was on eBay at one point and listed for what I thought was a bit high. I made some offers, some counter offers, and it just didn't get done. And then the card got taken down. And then after a period of time, I woke up one morning and I looked at my phone and I had a message on Facebook messenger. Now, on Facebook, um, let's see, what's the best way to say this? My Facebook profile does not match my eBay profile, name or photo, okay. um, just for reasons that we won't get into. But it was from the seller. He's like, hey, you know, back when I had this on eBay, I think you were the person who tried to buy this. And he's like, I see that you're in Utah. Would you want to meet up and buy it? It's <laughs> like, what? And so first of all, I'm thinking, how in the world did this guy find me? Number one. Number two, it's really bizarre to send me a message through Facebook Messenger. And then number three, like he wanted to meet up. And I'm like, am I going to end up dead? <laughs> I want the card to go by because I had loved the select phenomenon. The silver PSA 10 is a card that I still have. And, you know, up until that point was one of the bigger cards that I had in my Donovan Mitchell collection. And so I didn't want to let it go. So within the matter of like 30 minutes or so, I made a decision and we met up in a parking lot. It was week one of the NFL season. So I'm like, gosh, like, you know, if this guy's going to take my money and cut me up and kill me, like, where am I least likely to end up on an Unsolved Murders podcast? And so I was like, let's go to a wing place. So I met him out in front of a wing place. You know, I figured people would be walking in and um, to go watch their football games. And sure enough, he was there um, and actually a really cool dude and <laughs> ended up chatting with him for quite a while. But the whole setup of it, seemed quite shady and not something that I would recommend for 
for anyone young to go do. Make sure you've no. got someone there with you. That it was not the wisest thing on <laughs> on my part. But um, yeah. yeah, ended up working out really well and got the yeah. card, checked out some of his other cards, and it it was a blast. It ended up working out really well. Yeah, like uh definitely don't <laughs> that was honestly could have been a very dumb decision, but um anyways, uh yeah, um like you said, Donovan Mitchell is your guy. Um I'm uh thank you for coming on the show. It's been a really fun time having you back on. We're about to like beat the record again. just me and you are about <laughs> to beat the record. Yeah, I like it. You know, I saw the the little timer on here and I was like Boy, I want to know, like, I wonder if he wants to preserve that record or, or if we want to just shatter it tonight. So, so I kind of let you steer that ship, um, but I've had it in the corner of my eye here for the last couple of minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, thanks for coming on the show to talk about um, PCs. Um, once again, uh, everybody that's listening, you could, you could take tips, um, especially um, kids that are listening to this. Um, I know a couple of people that listen. You guys use this stuff. Like, this is this is really good stuff. This has come from a guy that has PC'd Donovan Mitchell since his rookie year. Um, and it, like, I mean, his cards have exploded since then. So, um, yeah, yeah. Take the, and one last little piece of, of advice here. I used to be a pack opener and open boxes. I would not go buy cards of individual players. And of course, when prices shot up a couple of years ago, that changed it. But one of the things that changed it for me was a fellow Donovan Mitchell collector, Ross Berman. You've heard me talk about him, you know, at length on my show. And he said, hey, you know, if you really want to enjoy your collection, because I was always so bummed that I couldn't pull anything, he's like, stop buying as much wax and just go buy the card that you like and you'll get to enjoy it. And, you know, it took some time for me to make that flip, but I've enjoyed the hobby so much more since I've done that. And it's not that I'm doing it the right way. The point to this is that you can change what you are doing if you're not in love with the way that you are collecting now, and maybe you can enjoy the hobby in an entirely different way. Exactly. Yeah. Like, honestly, the main logic behind that, especially like if you're a pack opener, you may buy a box for $200 or you can buy the, like your favorite players, like one of his best cards and right. just, and enjoy that card way more than the uh, junky uh, base cards he pulled in the like I don't know let's see um Josh Hart <laughs> auto <laughs> yeah sticker autos like it's just like just the buying wax like I get why people do it opening packs is really fun but, it is fun it's a blast but you're probably going to enjoy your favorite players like autograph or jersey way more than just some base cards to get thrown in a junk box for years. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So Chad, um, I know you're by yourself, but you can attempt to plug. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good inside jab. I'm so awful at this, but I thought about this all day while I was at Disneyland, just flew home. And I'm like, I got to make sure I don't screw up the outro. So here's what I want people to do. You can come listen to us at pack to the future podcast, anywhere podcasts are, but We are growing our YouTube channel. We have a studio. We have taken over Tim's condo and completely transformed it so that we can podcast to bring you a better show. So go check us out there. All right. Thank you for coming on the show, Chad. And we have just officially beaten the record for the longest show. Um, Once again, thank you for listening to the Sports Card Second Podcast. It's Jacob. It's Chad signing off. Keep collecting. Peace.